Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about game shows, and especially those game shows that have or have had board games associated with them. Are they still a thing? Were they ever a thing? And if they were a thing, why? But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Whew. Um, gotta get it right. What is that? I didn't put that in there. Did I put that in there? Uh, but any- I didn't put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about, and I've deleted it from the show notes, so there's no evidence whatsoever. Uh, hi, everybody. It's December. And if you want it's to join us, December. it's still December. <laughs> it's the middle of December now, Chris. <laughs> Are you sure? <sighs> Hate to burst your bubble, but it's like the 12th. All right. I, the 13th, if people are listening to this. Like, so I'm pretty sure that... Today's the 13th. Today is Tomorrow's the 13th. The 14th. Tomorrow's oh the 14th. Oh my gosh. I'm off now. <laughs> See, I'm then just saying... Then my kids didn't open their advent calendar today. I better go eat their candy before they notice. <laughs> the darkest day of the year is one week from the time that most people are listening to this, which we're doing, we're dropping an episode on that. And we're going to do a very bright and cheery episode for that week. Um, <laughs> Good, I forgot. Because I thought you were going to say we're doing a dark topic to Matt. No, we actually. <laughs> so Bringing we had, it down. <laughs> and, and we'll talk about Kitty's first GMing experience of Delta Green at uh, post credits. <laughs> but that happened this weekend. If and, we must. <laughs> yep. And we're gonna we're gonna really so I've been I've saved all my critiquing for on air. Um, in person, I'm like, no, no, I'm no, that so was amazing. Excited. Everything was great. <laughs> I wouldn't change a Did thing. Did a great job. Yeah, excellent work. Um, so stay tuned post credits for all of that. But we also planned out our next six episode topics, and I could only come up with negative things. So this week and next week, we decided we shouldn't do any negative things before the holidays. But January, we are dubbing January Sucks Month. And we're going to do four (laughs) negative topics in a row, all ending in the word sucks. We're just going to be mean. We're just going to be mean. Spoilers. Um, All mean. Super mean. All the time. That's our New Year's resolution. Yeah. Being meaner to people. Like, that's... I think that's legit. Um, It's a a resolution that when we break it, people are like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Oh, thank goodness. They stopped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We yep. get to feel good about not following through this time. Yeah. Uh, so this week we're talking about game shows, <sighs> which is going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. And everyone's like, yep, we'll do our homework. I did my homework and you guys will, you know, read the I show don't notes. Think, I don't think that's what happened. I, I was there. Kitty feels guilty for not doing her homework. And Fletcher just doesn't realize he had homework. Yeah, I mean, I didn't he realize was over that. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And we'll get to that, too, uh, in a moment. <laughs> Speaking of Zoom, though, if you would like to be on Zoom with us, and you should, because it's a lot of fun, Mondays, 8.30 Central Time, come on, join us, hang out, and you can yeah, have all the silliness that happens before we hit record. It's very different than the silliness that happens after we hit record. So I would ask you guys how your weekend was, but I know, because I was there. So how were your weekends? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Why don't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, I felt this. I, I'm with Kitty. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I think I did something. Yeah, there's some real jerks who came over to my house. Yeah. Well, half of those people that should have come over. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're bad at logistics, it turns out. <laughs> we, we are not good at it. But we managed to play nonetheless. So that was fun. 
let's see. 3D printing update, because I'm going to keep doing this as long as I'm obsessed with 3D printing. And I'm not obsessed. I'm more frustrated and need a venting thing. But I was able to print a puzzle box. A I'm going to give this to my niece. It's a like a Russian nesting doll puzzle box. And it's, it's really mean. I, I'm going to also probably give her a hammer because I just did the first level and it took me over an hour and I had the maze. Like I saw the model. I knew what I was doing. Uh, yeah, I'm a jerk. And, and I'm actually, it's, <laughs> it's a gift from Zachary to her. So it's making Zachary a jerk, but the prize in the middle is going to be really, really good. So, uh, yeah, I also printed an articulating Chinese dragon, which basically means it, it's a dragon. It's another that, puzzle. It's another puzzle. Yeah. Well, there's a puzzle inside a puzzle inside a puzzle that leads to a clue to a treasure in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't get you a plane ticket. Do you like geocaching? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, so that was, that's going to be fun. Uh, I still like 3d printing. I still think I like the resin stuff a little bit better, but we're getting there. I don't hate the 3d printing stuff as much this week. Cause I actually did get a couple things to actually work. Um, not 3d printing, the filament printing, but the resin just works, but I think I might be getting some kind of level of toxicity poisoning. I think. <sighs> I can't really tell because it could be one of those mental things where as soon as like you're near the printer, you feel like you itch all over because you think there's a problem there. Or it could be because it's actually a problem. I don't know. I like resin, though. When I'm not buying yourself it, a hood. <laughs> I could get a hood. Miles told you to vent it and wear a mask. Well, I did. Listen to Miles. I, I put it in okay. a small I put it in a small closet and it's just me and the printer. So no one else needs to be bothered by it. It's totally fine. Um, Hilarious. Most of that is not true. Don't do that. It's not safe. Um, Near the end of this episode, we're going to draw a whole bunch of names. I said 10 last week, I think. And maybe we'll do that. Uh, Probably we'll do that. I, I looked at my list of games. There's not a ton left. So I need, might need to add some to the list if we actually draw a bunch and bunch of names. Uh, anything else we should announce or talk about? You guys want to chit chat? No, I don't think I have anything. I'm so I tired. Really need some new podcast hosts. You know, it's it's eight thirty on a Monday. I'm tired. Yeah, that's the story. Yeah, that that's always the story. I'm sorry. <laughs> Zachary's favorite thing after every time we pick him, I say, "Why is it dark out?" It's like, well, yeah, because it's I'm winter with him. time. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with the winter. Because it's nighttime. It's nighttime. Yeah. It's like, why? Because the sun is At sleeping. 4 like, p.m. <laughs> I want the sun. Except in the morning. When we pull out of the driveway in the morning, it's like, I don't like the sun. I'm like, that's fine. You're going to want it later. You know, I get this kid. I feel it, <laughs> Zachary. I don't like the sun in the morning. I don't like the dark in the globe? afternoon. Get a globe in a dark room and a light bulb, and then you can explain how the seasons work. We did do that with Player 3, and he loved it. And Spencer showed him with the flashlight and a ball in a dark room how the sun, like, this is why there's day and night, is what he was explaining. And then I got home from work, and he was like, Mom, I have to show this to you. This is amazing. And he did the same thing. It was very cute. Did you know this? Did you know? Oh, man, buddy, this is really great. Thanks. (laughs) Speaking of that, so Zachary did, for the first time, he commented on something that he had to have overheard me talk about because I never told him directly. But he was downstairs and 
He's like, why isn't the printer going? And I'm like, well, there's nothing printing. He's like, I want it to go. I'm like, okay, we can print something. Sure. So I started it. He's like, do you need a new printer? Because that one's too slow. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, I do. But why do you know that? And why did you ask me that? (laughs) So, yeah, kids are... They develop when you don't even... He's empathizing. Look. He's totally empathizing. He's like, Daddy, that one's bad. And then I was over at the resin printer. He's like, are you making a new baby dragon? I'm like, oh, so you know that puppies come from that printer and dragons come from this printer. Ah, Kids are awesome. I like them a lot. Uh, oh, one more thing about the giveaway. I have it marked here and I didn't even read it. Shipping is insane. Last week I said I would ship it out this week and I still will. However, be noted that... The U.S. Postal Service has drastically increased their rates for the holidays. And what's advertised on their website isn't anywhere near their actual shipping rates, as far as I can tell. I'm, yeah, just just be aware. If you're trying to get a game before Christmas, maybe email me quickly and we'll talk about it. Um, but if you are outside of the continental U.S., you're looking at like $120 minimum to get a board game shipped to you. Don't do that. It's not worth it. No board game. Well, there's a few, but no board game that I can actually ship for $120 is worth $120. Fletcher, Kitty has yes. left us. So I'm here. <laughs> can you hear me at least? We can hear you. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't. Are you okay, talking? Everything your is dark. I'm alone. I don't know. <laughs> the. It, <laughs> I'm having technical difficulties, but you know, I'm getting there. All right, we're all going to hear hope you that, guys that, just fine. All right, we're going to hope that Kitty's alive. Um, we can hear you, but just want to make sure you're alive. Fletcher, I would like you to define <laughs> our show topic. I would like you to define what a game show is. Um, so I would say a game show is a television program where. So not Netflix. Pl- I mean, no, it can be on Netflix. Okay. But I've never seen a, I've never seen a game show that's a movie. I suppose it could exist, but I've never seen that. Um, it's a television program that uh, contestants compete against each other for a prize of some kind. Okay, I like that. Um, Kitty, would you like to refine that definition in any way? I don't know. I was busy having technical difficulties, but I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> David asks if Clue the movie is a game show, and I'm going to say yes. No, because those are no. actors. I mean, it's I a show based a on a game. Show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it is literally a, a game show. <laughs> a game show is a program in which the entertainment value is derived from watching others play a game. Oh, I like that too. Yep. I see uh, nods. I see a lot of yeah. thoughtful nods in our Zoom yeah. call. <laughs> so, so. Joshua brings up a point. He was like, movies that are game shows, like Hunger Games, Blade Runner. So I guess, yes, but in my head, a game show is where you have quote-unquote non-actors, quote-unquote real people that aren't being paid in any other way except to compete and win a prize. Um, I'm going to slightly modify that with the contestants. The majority of the contestants that can win the prize are non-actors. Yes. Yes. And... Like are, the are Hunger hosts. Games, I suppose, is, is a movie that's about a game show, but the game show isn't real, obviously. Yeah. But and if it all were the people that are playing are paid actors. If it were, we would watch it because as a race, we're you kind would of demented watch it. that way. 
I wouldn't watch it. I think that I think that there would be a lot of backlash against it. I don't it. even watch Survivor. Oh, I love Survivor. Survivor, so I will Ugh. be honest, yeah. Survivor is my, I, it's not a guilty pleasure. Survivor is just an amazing show that I have been <laughs> watching for 41 seasons now, which is 20 and a half years. But um, like, I love that show. It is so good all the time. It is good. But, and it is a game show. So this is a conversation we had where is is reality television a game show? And something like, so I don't know a lot of reality television. I don't watch Big Brother or I don't watch most, I don't watch any reality TV besides Survivor. But Fletcher, you mentioned that like The Bachelor was a game show, right? Yeah. But The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and you're compete. there's contestants competing for a prize. Even they get eliminated. It doesn't have to be monetary. I suppose. I mean, in that case, it is sort of monetary still. Um, okay. It's just like a, you know, Master Chef. Like, I mean, I suppose there's a monetary prize, but the, like the main thing is like a book deal. For some reason, when you said Master Chef, I thought you meant Iron Chef. And um, man, I just remembered that Iron Chef was a thing. And was that a great show or what? <laughs> it depends on the version. They don't compete for a prize. They just compete for honor, I guess. Yeah, they competed for the honor, the glory of being the Iron Chef. That reminds me, I need to watch season two of Lego Masters because... That was an amazing game show. You guys have not seen Lego Masters? No, I haven't nope. even heard of it. Yeah. John agrees. Lego Masters is amazing. Google it. Watch it. It is so good. Um, I'm very bad with names, but it's the guy who was in the Lego movie, like the dad in the Lego movie. He is the host. Will Ferrell. Yeah. He's the host of Lego Masters. It is great. They have teams of two. Will Arnett. Teams of two. Oh. That Will Ferrell is the dad. Will Arnett is Batman. That's yes. why Chris confused me. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Uh, John and David are helping me out here in the chat. Um, but yeah, so it's teams of two that will, you'll have different challenges each week. And so you're building these things. They'll have, and they have Lego masters, like people who work for Lego and build all these big Lego sets that give you advice and stuff. And each week they give you a challenge and someone gets voted off the island. And it's like what these guys make. In a relatively short period of time is pretty, pretty impressive, but it's still realistic stuff. Like they have access to lots and lots of Legos, but it's, it's pretty cool. And then you still also have all the dynamics of this person was blah, blah, blah. And that was that. And oh, that team's going to do this and all oh, the, um, and there's, you know, different. It's, it's great. It's great. I love it. I'm going to do my own Lego masters challenge but you can't you can't do that this is part of what we're going to get at in the sh- in in our conversation today um all right fletcher what is your favorite game show of all time well i mean if you asked me this probably oh i don't know 25 years ago i would have said double dare <laughs> <laughs> which was an amazing game show amazing i'm gonna give you that show. yep um, i don't know if it was any legends of the hidden temple or guts but yeah nah, double dare Legends of the Hidden <laughs> Temple was okay, but and Guts was not my thing, not for me. Guts was Double not as good. The Legends of the Hidden Temple was pretty fun. It was, it's all right. Double now Dare's that we've best. alienated um, all of the non millennials, <laughs> <laughs> do you have an updated answer? Or is the twenty year old answer still your all time favorite? Because that that is fine. Like it is an amazing game show and worth being an all time favorite. I'm trying to think if I watch any game shows today, like you know, religiously at all. Or just even like, not even religiously, just consistently. And I don't think I do. I definitely watch some crappy television, but it's they're not game shows. 
All right. I hear so, that. Now, I do want to mention... Uh, I'll just stick with Double Dare. All right. Double Dare is a great answer. Joshua does mention that the plural of Lego is Lego. Um, I would like to say yes. that's simply for branding, and you have to say that if you're Lego, because they trademarked Lego, not Legos. So, therefore, they decided to pluralize the singular. Legos is completely acceptable in common vernacular. Just, you know, Lego will sue you for it. Um, I think what they'll say, what they say is, like, yeah, it's Lego, and then these things are Lego bricks. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The bricks can be plural. So, so Kitty, same question to you. Do you like Lego bricks? No. Okay. They're sharp, and I don't like to step on them. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite game show of all time? Hmm, of all time. I and still I ex- only have to go Family Feud. Okay. And I expect that you, this is something that you became your favorite in your formative years. Like, yes. pr- your preteens. I watched a lot of, like, when you stayed home from school sick, you got to watch The Price is Right. That was a big one. Yep. You got to watch Family Feud. Um, and what was the other one? Nope, it's gone. Well, it could be any number of many things, but usually Price is Right was automatic. Syndicated daytime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wheel of Fortune. $100,000 Pyramid. That was another one that was pretty common for Let's make a deal. Daytime. Let's make a deal. I never watched that as a kid. Yeah, because you're old. I am I'm old. No, Let's Make a Deal is older than I am. I'm, I'm certain of this. <laughs> so... My favorite. Like so many of those game shows, though, they go through many iterations and they last way longer than you think they should have. That is true. Let's make a deal came back, I think. Terrence actually mentions one uh, card sharks. I used to watch a lot of card sharks. So we'll get into what these are in a second. All of these things are in my notes that people are putting in the chat, which is great because it means I've done my homework well. Um, but it's, it is, yeah, all these things are so good. But my favorite by far, without a doubt, was Pressure Luck. I loved Pressure Luck. It was, it's just no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. And you know they're going to whammy every single time. It's going to happen. And every time they do it, it's like you always feel bad for them. Except when you're like, oh, man, you shouldn't have gone for that. Like, you had all that money and you still win for it. Except for the one guy who memorized the pattern. That's, That's impressive. The fact that there was a pattern. That you could actually avoid it. I always just assumed, even when I was like seven and watching this, that they decided like, oh, he has too much money. No matter what he presses, it's a whammy. Yeah. But um, yeah. No, he memorized the pattern. And it wasn't cheating because he didn't actually cheat. He just memorized the pattern. Like the Price is Right guy. Yeah. He learned yeah. all the prices. That's a crazy documentary. You haven't watched that one. Hmm. All right. Now we're going to go the other way. And I don't know, I think I could probably, I can. I could do this. I could definitely do this. Um, your least favorite game show. Something you watched once and said, this is horrible. Or, like, why does this exist? Like, just, there's so many bad game shows. Something that you just hated. And, Fletcher, we're going to start with you again. Uh, I'm trying to think of a game show that I hated, as opposed to something that just didn't, like, click with me or something. Um, I've never seen any episodes of Survivor or The Bachelor, The Bachelorette or Big, or Big Brother. So I can't say that I hate them, but they just don't appeal to me. Um, there's also The Amazing Race. I've never seen that either. So They all um, have their entertainment value. You can watch any of them and you will get invested just because of the way they edit it. It's, it's pretty good. Um, 
I don't know if there's one that I actually hate. I'd probably say like my least favorite is Wheel of Fortune. Oh, there's the I don't, I don't think I outright oh, hate I like it. Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. I can I can see that though. I can I can see that. You don't like words. Yeah. Words I are don't like words. Of course you don't like Wheel of Fortune. Chris hates words. Yeah. We know this. Uh all right. Kitty. Anything there was a short-lived um, game show called Downfall, where it took place on top of a building, and there was a conveyor belt full of the prizes, and the longer you took to do something, the prizes fell off the conveyor belt and got smashed, and it was just the worst. It was like everything that's wrong with America in one game show. <laughs> so, so wasteful. <laughs> mine is very similar, and I think it's everything that's wrong with America in one game show, and that's Let's Make a Deal. <laughs> I hate <laughs> Let's Make a Deal. I do not understand. Can you describe Let's Make a Deal? Yeah, so, I don't think I know that one. I keep thinking of Deal or No Deal. So which Deal is or a different game show. Yeah, Deal. That's a different one. Yep. But Let's Make a Deal is audiences dressing up in stupid costumes, like just ridiculous costumes because they're trying to stand out so the host will pick you. And it's basically where do you want us behind door number one, two, or three? And now you know what's behind door number one, but you could have what's behind door number three. And oh, that's the Monty Hall problem one. Basically. Yeah. So it's, and that's all it is over and over. It's just so obnoxious and so 70s. And I think it's been updated. I think a lot of these have like a modern yeah. version of it. Um, I just didn't ugh. like Wayne Brady do it for a while or something. I don't know. Courtney's I don't, nodding. Courtney yeah. gets me. Yeah. Courtney, yeah. <laughs> David's just, nodding. Yeah. I couldn't watch it because I also felt bad every time someone made a stupid choice. It's like, oh, man, I have $1,000 in front of me, but I could go with what's behind door number three. And it's like a summer ham or something. I'm just like, that's not nice. It's not nice. At least if the price is right, even if you pick the showcase showdown or whatever, you're still going to get a lot of cool stuff. You're just not going to get the best cool stuff. You're not going to get an old pile of dishes. Ugh. Anyway, okay, so that's what we're talking about today. Now, we're going to talk about game show games that have been turned into tabletop games and why I do not believe there is a good version of anyone. But in the chat, let me know if you have like a game show game that turned into something good. Uh, but first, I want to talk about some of our favorite game shows. Now, Kitty, Fletcher, I, I know I gave you homework, and Kitty knew there was homework and didn't do it, and Fletcher didn't know there was homework. So I put it in the show notes, a whole bunch of game shows. So you, this is just browse it over and just pick a couple that like echo with you. But I'm going to start out with talking about the big ones, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, and Price is Right, um, because I think you have to start there. Jeopardy, how do you guys feel about it? Also, I RIP, I'll show back, but it's just like, you know, mm. o- almost a very classical kind of trivia quiz game. Like it? Dislike it? Watch it with your grandparents? I love I Jeopardy. Like it. Okay. Yeah. Now, I have been on the record many, many times as being, I hate trivia. Hate trivia. Mm-hmm. But there's something about Jeopardy that even though I don't know the answers to practically any of the questions, except for maybe four, um, I still do like watching it. I will never seek it out. But if I'm watching Honestly, it... Honestly, there's more gamesmanship to Jeopardy than there is to... Oh. Like, you have to, to like, know the rules of Jeopardy. It's not just, do you know the answer to the question? It's like, what are you going to wager? You know, you have to be certain before you buzz in. There, there's more to it than just, like, do you know the answer to this question? I will say when and Ken I mean, Jennings was on... I mean, it does come on, down to... Yeah. 
do you know the answer to the question? But yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most important There's a little bit more to it than just just do you know the answer. Actually, I think it's do you know the question for the answer. It's Jeopardy, by the way. That never made any (sighs) sense to me. (laughs) That's the whole point. Can you phrase it? I can't. Yeah. quote any of the Sean Connery SNL <laughs> bits on our family friendly <laughs> podcast, but I wanted to, Chris. All right, I will say Just Jeopardy. No. Jeopardy is beloved <laughs> because it is actually a very entertaining show. And I think part of what makes Jeopardy so entertaining is you're watching some of the smartest people period, on any game show anywhere. Because these people are screened and tested and then screened again. Like the best of the best, the smartest of the smartest are getting onto that show because it's not interesting otherwise. And then every once in a while, you know an answer they don't. And that just makes you feel good. And if you watch reruns, i.e. TiVo or something, you know, back when TiVo was a thing, um, then you can know all the answers and impress your friends. Yeah, that one episode of Jeopardy you memorized. <laughs> yep. Actually, it was it like Groundhog's Day where he had memorized the episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. of- <laughs> oh, so good. So good. All right. So the next one is Wheel of Fortune. Uh, did I say Wheel of Fortune? I said Wheel of Fortune, right? As far as like nope. staple staple shows. Fletcher, you don't like Wheel of Fortune. Why not? Um, I don't know. It, to me, it always just seemed like a, a gussied up version of Hangman. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty, how do you feel about Wheel yeah, of Fortune? It, it's like competitive Hangman, I guess. I yeah. don't know. And it's just like not a very interesting but game. But with roulette sort of mixed into it. Yeah. And or, you just can't, you have to buy a vowel. Yeah. Like, you can't just, like, <laughs> start with vowels. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just very nostalgic for me. I don't know if it's actually a good game, but I, don't, I used I don't to watch it with my it. mom. It's just, <laughs> it's, well, it's right. not, it's just I don't not, know if it's a it's good game, but yeah. I do have a question for you, and this might be just that mm-hmm. I'm old, but um, when you got to the end, like, people, you know, that you earn money, essentially, in Wheel of Fortune, uh... Do you guys remember the flo- the little bubble floating around a showroom as people are spending their money? I'll I'll take the chair for two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, I'll have the uh, washer and dryer for eight hundred dollars. And you're like spending your money as you're floating around the showroom. I don't remember this. No, I have no. A little bit. This this will like, date but this you. Was, <laughs> this is like <laughs> such a this is such a like early 90s vibe we used to go to our small town diner and we had to sit in the non-smoking section so that we could watch wheel of fortune on a tube tv while we ate uh gyros as we called them in the chicago suburbs yes (laughs) as you made your way past the cigarette vending machine it did have a cigarette vending machine (laughs) (laughs) yeah well chat's exploding they all remember too so everyone's my age but yeah it was an 80s thing And they eventually just turned it into, I think you just get cash now or whatever. And you get, yeah. here's your prize. Or you get the prize. Yeah. Like sometimes they have like, you know, the slice of the wheel is, this is the car piece. Yeah. Well, now. Pick up your Toyota, whatever. And now they have like a, well, maybe they always did have like the final thing, but they changed how you did. Like spin a wheel and here's the big prize that you're playing for in the end. And here's your most common. I thought you had to pick the card. Weren't, Weren't there the cards? There could be, to like, yeah, but it was still a random op- thing. But he didn't open yeah. it until you got the puzzle or not. So you yeah. didn't know what you were playing for. But that's a more modern version. I don't remember that in the original. But yeah, Wheel of Fortune is one of those games that again. That was the 90s Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, Jeopardy, <laughs> Wheel of Fortune, they come in the same block. And I still think they do. I think it's Wheel of Fortune, then Jeopardy. Um, you know, it's a one-hour 
primetime game show slot. And people watched it because, yes, it was just Hangman, but sometimes you knew the answer and the contestants didn't, and it made you feel good. And Mm -hmm. you felt like, if I were on that show, I would have won. Now, Jeopardy, you never feel that way. (laughs) But for Wheel of Fortune, you could feel that way. Now, the best game show, however, of of the the big ones is The Price is Right. Um, Yes. Obviously, The Price is Right is the best. (laughs) And I'm going to ask you, why? Why was it the one that is still running? And if you're homesick and, you know, still have live TV, which I do not. But if you did, The Price is Right was like you were watching that. Even if you were in middle Um, school, elementary school, you were still watching The Price is Right. Yeah. (laughs) I think it. So I think it has to do with a few things. One, there's a lot of energy in that game. So it's in front of a live audience and then audience members will get called up. So everybody's like just super pumped. Um, the games vary. There mm-hmm. are a certain number of games, but you it won't always be like the same kind of games. Um, are they going to play Plinko today? I love it when they play Plinko. <laughs> right. Or Mountain Climber or oh, whatever yeah. it's called. Y- yeah. Yodel. <laughs> the Yodel game. Yodel. Yeah. Um, the I think the music and the sound effects are actually top notch. <laughs> yeah. Well. Like, yeah. <laughs> and spinning, everyone knows them. Spinning the wheel. Like yeah, spinning the wheel, and then also um, in the old days, was it was it Ed McMahon, uh, it? Bob Barker, Bob Barker, Bob Barker, yeah, Spain I don't know why it's your pets, McMahon. everyone, Bob Barker. <laughs> and then Drew Carey, yep, yeah, <laughs> um, and they were just good hosts, yeah. I Bob mean, every- Barker was such a like figure. He, he looked towards the end. He was so tanned, and he was just he looked like he was propped up there sometimes. But he, you I know. know, iconic. <laughs> So I think one of the things with um, The Price is Right is all of the games were mini games. Like, it's what we mm-hmm. would consider mini games, right? Very, very easy rules that were always explained to you every single time. Like, you had no idea how to play, even though you've watched this game played 177 times at that point. Uh, and But it was but, so short, you didn't mind. And Yeah, and it was so yeah. short. It was like, because they were all so easy. And every single one of them were basically skillless. Like, you could have knowledge if you were to go through and look at, like, Yeah, the guy who catalogs learned it all. all the time. Yeah. yeah. He had a spreadsheet. He learned the price is right. <laughs> yeah. You could certainly do that. But for the most part, anybody could win these games. And it felt like you mm-hmm. knew. It's like, oh, I know how much a bag of chips is. Of course I know how much a bag of chips is. It definitely has a seven as the second number. Why wouldn't it have a seven as the second number? Oh, I love the games where you rearrange the numbers. Like, you have to win the car by putting the numbers in the right order. Those are so good. <sighs> oh, man. All right. We're going to talk about board game ports of these eventually. But now, those are you are sure our... I can't just stay home sick and watch some prices right right now with some chicken noodle soup? <laughs> I think you could. I think you could. My All mom right. is going to make me a box of Mrs. Grass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want a couple honorary mentions of other games. And like I said, I put a list here, but you guys, if there's others that you're thinking of. So we'll do Fletcher Kidding Me, Fletcher Kidding Me, and then we'll talk about board game versions of these games. So Fletcher, honorary mention, another game show that you really liked. Um, You know, I, I forgot about it until I saw it on this list, and that's Cash Cab. I used yes. to watch Cash Cab. I and, loved uh, Cash Cab. The one thing I liked about Cash Cab was that you didn't know you were going to be a contestant. Um, and then you didn't, you, you, you didn't lose anything, obviously you like, you never lose anything in these game shows, but if you didn't win, you still got like a free cab ride or like a partial free cab ride. Yes. Which, but 
in New York is actually pretty good. Yeah. So Cash Cab, for those who don't know, uh, Cash Cab is essentially they're asking you questions along your ride. And each time you get a question right, the prize increases. Once you get three questions wrong, not only do you lose everything you've accumulated, they actually kick you out of the cab at that point, even if you're not at your destination. (laughs) So that's Cash Cab. But it was filmed in New York City. So it was like easy to, you know, hail another another cab. cab, Yeah. and uh, and you got a free cab ride or a partial cab ride to your destination. Um, I always thought that was kind of cool. I, and I knew and, and maybe it was just kind of like the trivia that I was better at. But like I was like, oh, I know this one. I know this one. I know this one. As opposed to Jeopardy, where I felt like I didn't know anything. I just felt dumb. Yeah. Cash Cab is kind of a dumbed down. Do you want to be a millionaire or who wants to be a millionaire? Right. Where it's asking you questions and they have like lifelines and stuff. I think you could allow like you could call someone or something like that. Um but yeah, I I liked it. I didn't watch it a lot, but when I watched it, I liked it. Kitty? Uh, well, I was going to say who wants to be a millionaire, but I don't know. It's no, just no, you could say that. cash cab. <laughs> Why did you? That I mean, there are enough differences. It was, so, it was so popular. It was a cultural phenomenon when it was on. It was huge. Everybody watched it and it was fun. And like, I need a lifeline. Like, the, these things have become like they're phone part of our culture yeah. now yeah i need to phone a friend like um what's it like you know can i get a 50 <laughs> 50 like everyone knows these things you know final answer how often do we say that now this is my final answer it is a like it, it's just a thing it's a yeah. thing and everyone watched it and regis you know was the only good host Yep. Well, and the thing is, so the first was our, uh, I want to say it's eight questions or 12 questions or something. It wasn't a large amount of questions. Um, it was relatively I think small. It's 12 questions total. And the first four were just 15 questions, Courtney says. And the first like mm. five or so were just completely gimmies. Easy. Yeah. No yeah. problem. And then every once in a while, someone would stumble on number two. And they're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Which is possible when you're on the spot. It's like, you know everything until you're asked it in front of an audience. And then you're like, I have mm-hmm. no idea about anything anymore. I, my brain is mush. And then you watch that person get to the million dollars, which there weren't a lot of them. But when you did, it's like, wow, that was so cool. And yeah, I, who wants, I don't, I'm surprised it was so short lived. I know it like stopped and then it rebooted and then it stopped and then it came back. Um, it just felt like something that it needed to be short lived to be the social phenomenon it was. Because mm-hmm. like Jeopardy is great, but you're not winning huge amounts of money. And it's just always kind of the same thing when you go, you're watching three smart people compete with each other and one of them's not doing as well because they don't know how to use the buzzer. Um, but who wants to be a millionaire? It's like, all the attention's on you right now, and and that was that was a good time. And like you had time to think it out. They like talked through their answers, which was always really fun. Like you didn't just like with Jeopardy. It's like oh, you have like an instant to get there, and like that's it. But with like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you know, like sometimes they're talking. They're like, oh, well, you know, I know it's down to these two answers because it's multiple choice, which makes it seem like it should be pretty easy, but it's not. So, you know, like, and, and there's more to talking it out. And, like, you can you can feel like, you know, you can influence their thought process. Or something. And there know. wasn't really any it. time pressure fun. either, right? There wasn't a timer. Mm. It's like you nope. decide when you're, it's yeah. your final answer. This is my final answer. Yep. Yeah. 
And you, some people, yeah, so you can psych yourself out as yeah. opposed to just putting your nickel down. Yep, you can like <laughs> waffle back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was good times. All right, so my first one, I'm going to go more old school, and I'm going to say classic concentration, uh, which was hosted by Alex Trebek back in the day, and this was essentially memory the game. So it was like a four by four puzzle, and you would pick two spots, and if they matched, then those puzzle pieces would be revealed, and it was revealing. Um, a a like a word and picture puzzle right so you know uh, i i need an example you guys someone has an example for me right so i haven't seen this um so it's the one yeah, of the things like talking about. if you have like l plus the number eight right you're late so then you would have l plus eight and then uh maybe you will have I'm, I'm gonna make super simple ones the number four and then a plate of food late for dinner but they were far more complicated than that. They're called rubuses, Michael says. So, and they'd be relatively convoluted. So it'd be this minus the letter this plus this, you know, and this. But you wouldn't see that full puzzle because you had to match the puzzle pieces. It was so addicting to watch this because A, you are memorizing, it's, it's a classic memory game, you know, flip tile, you know, five and six, and do they match? Yes, U plus L, B, Sorry, you'll be sorry. You'll be sorry. U plus L with a, with a picture of a B and a saw plus R E. You'll be sorry. Courtney's showing it to us in uh, in our Zoom uh, right now. And his concentration is the board game. And I think this is actually a game show that was based on a board game. Like the the game show came after the board game. And there's a few game shows that were like that. But I just really liked watching this because as a kid, being you know seven, eight, nine years old. I could still figure these things out because they weren't hard. And I think that's kind of a key with a lot of those older game shows. And the next one I'm going to talk about is no matter what age you were, you were you had a chance of figuring it out. All right, Fletcher, what's your next call it out game? American Gladiators. <laughs> you know something? I, I did not put that on here because I originally because I didn't think of it as a game show. It definitely is. Someone in chat mentioned it, so it I added it show. to there. I concur. Yes. I concur so much. It's so good. <laughs> it's such a good show. Um, it is a game show because there was a prize at the end. Um, and it was just lots of fun. Again, it was like lots of very different games. And it was like the precursor to, you know, the modern day Wipeout yeah. or Most Extreme <laughs> Elimination Challenge, whatever that's called. Or whatever, and, like know, American Japan. Ninja or Ninja Challenge, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. American Ninja Warrior. Yep. It's like the precursor to all of those. Um, but except th- that you would actually fight against the actual gladiators that they had as well. Yeah. It was kind of like you were being invited in like the World Wrestling Association, but these were gladiators that you got to know and then you had to fight against them. It's like, oh man, I picked so-and-so. I, I'm in real trouble or, oh, I think I can beat that guy. I'm like, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it was a lot of fun and I just have like a lot of good nostalgic 80s and early 90s memories from that yeah had to watch it at two in the morning uh but it was it was totally and especially when when i was a kid like when i was young it it was a game show but a lot of the other game shows were too complicated for me when i was like five or six like i don't didn't understand what was going on or i had no hope of like knowing that the answer is south america but i could watch people beat each other with giant nerf um you know, staffs and yeah, 
giant Nerf Q-tips. <laughs> that was fun. And I didn't really have to understand what was going on to like get enjoyment from that. All right. Kitty, what'd you think? What What is your next one? Um, So this is one that you did not put on here. Uh, I don't think. I don't see it. Uh, the Weakest Link. Ooh. Do you remember this, this game? Oh, yeah. You are yeah. the weakest link. Yeah. Um, and it was the best with the the mean British lady host. But um, yeah. Have you not heard of this one, Chris? Chris is gone. Oh, oh wait, Chris he's back. is gone forever. <laughs> I'll be back. In- <laughs> you guys, bam. I think I was supposed to keep talking. He's he's muted himself. Um, ah. well, so talk amongst yourselves. Me, podcast host, on your own for a minute and a half. Uh, well, <sighs> you know, I wasn't ready. <laughs> um, so the weakest link. This is one where you're supposed to be like you're asked questions. Um, you stand in a semicircle. And you're trying to answer as many as you can in a row. So one person answers a question, then the next person answers a question, then a third person answers a question. And the longer you can keep the chain of correct answers going, um, the more prize money everyone wins. And then at the end of the round, all of the players vote for who they think was the weakest link. So wherever I, the I don't chain think was breaking everybody the wins, right? Like... It has an interesting setup because you're on a team, but there can only be one winner. Yeah. So, so everybody, like, there's like um, a pool that the winnings go into, and only the last person standing, I think, wins it. But you, like, every one person gets eliminated each time for being the weakest link up until there's only, um, I think it's three people left, and there's like a final round to determine who gets the prize money. Yeah. And people vote for who they want to, to go off the, yeah. get off the show. So in, in the, in the beginning, it's like advantageous to, um, vote off the person who got like the least correct answers, mm-hmm. um, because you want to win more money. But then later on, it's more advantageous to like vote off the stronger players. Yeah. Because, because they're more you're going to be up win. against them in the final. Exactly. Yeah. So and, it's, and it's then very the strategic. other point, and the other thing that I remember is like, you can also bank. Um, mm-hmm. because if you get a wrong answer, your, your money count Everything goes down goes to away. zero. Yeah. But if you say bank before the question, you can bank all that money. You can put it in the prize pool and then your counter goes back down to zero. But it starts at zero. Yeah. So if you bank too early, the, you might just get voted off for that for ruining everyone else's chances. But if you don't bank and you get the answer wrong, then you'll definitely get voted off so yeah that's the weakest link (laughs) yeah and and they would pull the stats for you as you're watching so like at the end of the round they'll be like john banked the most money but tiffany got the most correct answers and yeah do you remember there was some of the like confessional part two where you had to like explain your answers and that was the worst part of the show that was the weakest link of the weakest link (laughs) was when everyone just stood there and was like oh now i have to be mean to each other i don't know but it was still a fun one all right my last one is ridiculous but i loved it as a kid and it's called (laughs) card sharks which was essentially the way it worked and this is this is the type of trivia I like, especially when you're a kid. They'd ask you a question. Um, how many stoplights are in Idaho? Um, you know, just Idaho. And someone would come up with a number, and then you'd have to say, the other contestants would have to say if there was higher or lower. And it, I think it was just two contestants. One person would have to give the number, the other person would say higher or lower. 
And once you did that, you had a chance to start revealing cards. And it would reveal a card, and you'd have to say whether the next card was going to be higher or lower. That was essentially the whole game. It was so addicting to watch because anyone could play. It's like, oh, there's a queen there. Of course it's going to be lower. Everyone's like, okay, yeah, lower, no problem, no problem. And then a king shows up, and you're all like, oh, man, that sucks. Oh, I loved Card Sharks. I don't think it would work in the current like game show world i just it it was too simple too easy but it was one of the most popular games that i remember being in probably early 80s was like had its heyday but that's like most of these game shows had their heyday in the early 80s um courtney says the remake of that one didn't uh, in the remake that <laughs> they did remake that one in the last few years so it does exist um and then well terrence actually brings up jack in the box which is a lot of these game shows now, right? Jackbox. 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 Um, but I like that. But I'm going to do... Which, which was previously, you don't know Jack, if you played it back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see if there's... I'm, I'm going through chat, and I'm going to just scroll quickly here for people who had mentioned a few different ones as we were going through. Um, no, I don't see any of them. There's... I only want to talk about Win Ben Stein's Money. Yeah, Win Ben Stein's Money. That was on Hollywood Squares, <laughs> oh, yeah. the match game. <laughs> Good call, Steve. <laughs> Yep. Um, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of cool stuff here. Other ones that I had on here, like they, they were the top 15s. Um, the Chase, which apparently was you playing trivia against some other professional trivia person. The Dating Game, Deal or No Deal. Now, Deal or No Deal, I actually kind of liked, um, although it was completely nothing but luck here. Pick a suitcase or pick a briefcase and then start eliminating briefcases. Uh, Double Dare, Family Feud. The Gong Show, Hollywood Squares, Jeopardy, Let's Make a Deal. Name that tune, the newlywed game, which I'm surprised that there isn't some form of that that still exists. Uh, uh, Let's see. Pyramid, pick your dollar value to put in front of the pyramid. It just keeps going up and up and up (laughs) and up. I think it's at the $15 million pyramid right now. But um, Supermarket Sweep, now that one, I don't care who you are. now. Yeah. You're going to watch Supermarket Sweep because... That's amazing watching someone load a bunch of hams into a cart because it costs they cost a lot per yeah. like volume. This is your second mention of ham in this episode. Are you hungry? <laughs> I think that giant hams are funny. I just I do. I find them humorous. <laughs> Everyone loves a good ham. <laughs> All right. Chris Here's the really re- needing our vegan listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it can be fake ham. It's just if it's a giant, you know, salty piece of meat or fake meat, it's funny. Okay, so here's the real question. Board games based on game shows. Have you ever played a good one? No. Always bad. Every single time, right? The only exception... Every time. There is one exception, and it's because it's actually not hard to do this one right, and it's the Jeopardy board game. Um, The Jeopardy board game, you basically slid in uh, categories, and then they had little doors that you would open up, and then it would ask questions and answer. It's basically just a trivia game done in such a way where it's like, oh, I it's just Jeopardy. I'm playing Jeopardy. And you even had the wager at yeah. the end, right? That one, the reason the board game worked is because it was the exact game. And that can work with a family of three because Jeopardy is meant to be played with three. And you could also play it with two to four or whatever. It, it worked. But in general, most of these games sort of just were really bad. Um, I never played the Wheel of Fortune board game, but I would imagine that it probably wouldn't be too... No, actually, no, I have played the Wheel of Fortune one. And it's bad because 
What's the point of Wheel of Fortune, right? To win cars and prizes and stuff. And it just doesn't feel the same way when and it's also, fake. also, like, so many of these, like, the the scale of the tactile experience seems so cool. What is Wheel of Fortune without spinning that gigantic wheel, without, like, having to put your body weight into spinning this thing? Like, it's... <laughs> it's Hangman, <laughs> it yeah. It turns into Hangman, yeah. Like, like these... These board or these game shows are exaggerations of games that everyone sort of already knew or play. Like they're they're theatrical versions of you know something more simple. And when you try to take the theatrical version, it turns back into the simple game, and it, it's not as much fun. Yeah. And the other problem that a lot of these games have is something like Family Feud. We had a Family Feud board game. It was fun twice, and then we memorized all the categories because you have a set number of categories and everyone just knew it. And so you could only play it so many times or the data is so set in a, you know, um, era that like, you know, you go to pull it out, you know, a few years later and you're like top brands of cigarettes found in a vending machine. You're like, Oh, <laughs> this is no yeah. longer relevant. Eastern European countries. <laughs> yeah. Like, These are all different now. Tallest buildings. Yeah. <laughs> things change and you know that's something about board games as it's or uh game shows as they're they're aired when they're played and they're relevant at the time and it's fun to rewatch them later because the contestants and the information are all of the same time i was just gonna to, say like, that be the outsider looking at it yep but to be a contestant outside of the time where the data was created is impossible. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree. And like at the Survivor, so I was all into Survivor. And after Survivor second season, they said, oh, we have a hit. Of course, they made a board game out of it. Of course. And I was super excited to actually find this. I found this maybe a decade later that this even existed. And I got it. And it was a bunch of challenge cards that were just the dumbest possible challenges. Like, I mean, balancing an egg on a spoon would be an interesting challenge compared to what was in this box. <laughs> there was no way to make this game interesting. Even though if you watch Survivor, the idea is you start out as a larger group and you're playing on teams. And if your team loses, you have to vote one of your team members off the island. And then at a certain point, you merge. And now it's an individual thing where you can like be safe for one vote, but you're voting someone from the the group off the island. And then at the very end, the basically the last half of the people that you voted off are becoming the jury. And at the very end, you're competing against nowadays two other people to get the jury to vote for you are the person who played the best game. And therefore you win because the jury voted for you. So you have to get people that you voted off to vote for you to win the game. That concept is amazing. Like it would make one of the best social deduction games ever if you had the number of people necessary and the time to keep playing this over and over and over, but it still wouldn't be that hard to make a decent game out of this. They just didn't. They just failed to do it. And then the challenges come in as like you compete for immunity or you compete for rewards and things like that. It makes me so sad that this game was bad. Like, why? Why? <laughs> Hire an actual designer and make this game good. There's so much potential there. Yeah, but, you know, if you know... That you don't have to hire a board game designer <laughs> or developer, and you can just put 
Survivor, the game on it, slap it on a shelf at Target, and you're going to sell all the copies anyway. Yeah. In 2005. What's their incentive? What's their incentive to make yeah. a good game? In 2005, when this came out, that is exactly right. what could happen. If Survivor were as big now as it was in 2005, I think it would be a, a completely game. different game. Yeah. Because they would have gotten an actual design company I feel like a, a Time Stories kind of vibe. <sighs> it's just so that, good. I don't know. Yeah. If you haven't watched Survivor, it's definitely worth watching. Um like you have to watch it a season. You have to get to know the characters. It is a very Courtney says the card game was even worse than the board game. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I won't seek that out then. <sighs> yeah, it's just it's just so bad. So bad. Uh Darren does mention I remember Yep, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Darren does mention um, that Family Feud is fun with the right people. I think Family Feud, (laughs) the board game, is actually not bad, but you can only play it a few times, like Kitty mentioned. It's like, it has limited shelf life. You don't have it on there, but one game that my friend had growing up was Double Dare, the board game. And um, it was also not good playing this as a kid. (laughs) I was really excited. I was like, oh my gosh, you have Double Dare, the board game? Because what's the fun part of Double Dare? (laughs) <laughs> right and it's like yeah yeah when you think about it like the fun part of double there is all the physical challenges yeah yeah and like, it's like does it come with a giant bowl of spaghetti that you can like, <laughs> swim in because no. that's cool <laughs> yeah do you get does it come with that giant ever? nose that you stick your hand in for <laughs> the flag i assume there had to be slime in the box in some way, there was slime involved. There had to be. I think there was slime in the box. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't enough to get slime. No. And and it, while, after a while, it just turns gross anyway. Yeah. I would say there's a few and by games. after a while, you mean after that one time you opened it. Because that's yeah, how yeah. long it takes slime to get disgusting. <laughs> I think, um, are you smarter than, a, smarter than a fifth grader? I have not played the game, but I can imagine that being a fairly good port. Because it's just a trivia game. But, yeah, in general... Game shows are fun. They're simple games. They're party games, right? They're party games where you get mm-hmm. to watch other people do something and you get to kind of cheer cheer along and then in your mind, you're just like, oh, I would have said this or I would have done this. But yeah, sometimes you have to look at game shows. <laughs> like I said, we were very negative this month and then game shows came up and like, we could talk about this and be positive about we it. We can talk about game shows. <laughs> I'm not sure how much board game content we got in here, but man, did we get nostalgic about game shows. <laughs> it's all related. It's all related. Did you guys have the Game Show Network ever? I remember when my family got a trial of the fancy cable and we would just watch the Game Show Network for like a week straight. I only watched two things. It was a good uh, week. Supermarket Sweep <laughs> and Pressure Luck. That's the only thing I ever watched on the Game Show Network because oh, that's really the only all. thing they played. Like over and over. There's always Supermarket Sweep Marathon Day on the Game Show Network. (laughs) We have so many of these episodes. Let's play them all. (laughs) All right. Speaking of episodes, we are already running long and we need to draw some names. So this is where our podcast game show comes into play. If you have not (laughs) entered, well, tough luck. You cannot enter anymore. This is our last drawing, period. Um. If you have entered and you have won and you have not heard from me, that should not be the case. So if that is the case, reach out to me so that I can correct that situation. Otherwise, if you hear your name today, then you should email me. And if you email me today, Tuesday, the 14th, doing some podcasty stuff, um, 
I will attempt to get the game that you choose out as soon as possible. If you email me Wednesday, I will do it again. If you email me past Wednesday, I will still eventually get the game to you, but it's not going to come before Christmas. And even if you do email me in Tuesday or Wednesday, shipping is crazy right now, so it still may not come. So don't plan on your Christmas shopping with this contest. Hopefully that <laughs> didn't need to be said. Um, but I'm going to try to get you games before Christmas. And yeah, so that's that's the deal. If you go to tabletopgametalk.com, as always, and this has been true for 267 episodes, the top episode is always the front page, and then you can go back to watch any or listen to any episode you want. Um, it has a picture of a game shelf. Pick something from that shelf. I will also likely list some more games underneath that picture that are not in the picture. So you can also choose anything from there. Give me three to choose Maybe from. Maybe give your top three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, give me three to choose from. So if somebody else beats you to it, um, then I can go to number two or number three. Uh, shipping. You will have to help me out with shipping. Otherwise, I'm going to drop like $500 in shipping uh, in one day. So shipping typically ranges from 10 to $20 if you're in the U.S. If you're outside of the U.S., it is about $150 for a standard Ticket to Rise size box. Why? Because the world is crazy right now. It is just crazy. Um, but email me anyways, and we'll figure out exactly how much it is and, and go from there. I have other options if if you are a winner and you're not in the U.S. I think that's good, right? That's That's all the information we need. On that note... Here's my thing. I'm going to share my screen with our live audience. And they are now looking at a Google Sheet that does automatic calculations. Um, so, bright. so bright. I don't know how to make this change. So, all right. We have a bunch of entries, a bunch of past winners. Um, and our live audience, I'm going to do something special with you guys after we're done recording. So you're not in this list additional time. But if you emailed or you're a patron, you're in this list. You've been in this list before. So that's just another benefit to being part of the live audience from time to time. So our first winner uh, is Glenn Cotter. It's about time, Glenn. All right. Winner, and I'm just going to say December winner because otherwise I'm going to miss this. So this Glenn Cotter, um, I just told you all the stuff, so I'm not going to say it again. And then five, <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works. Five, four, three, two, one. And ooh, I got to find the winner. Where's the winner? Um, Justin Weber. All right. Ooh, an email winner. Email yeah. winner. And all right, going to do this. That's two so far. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, this is Josiah. Josiah Shanks. Josiah Shanks. Shanks. <laughs> All right. Josiah, you have one. Just email me. And the email address is feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Same place you email to enter. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. And. Our next I'm really winner. sorry if you can hear my neighborhood coyotes going crazy. <laughs> They're so great. Um, Gary Bunker. Bunker? Bun I think the end is silent, right? Bunker? Could go either way. Bunker. David. Bunker. Or Gary. 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 <laughs> Gary Bunker. You are a winner. You know how your name is pronounced. You can make fun of me when you email me to claim your prize. Um, I've lost how many people we've done to one. I think that's four. And four all right so number five winner is david wigener who's also a patron but this one was um winner. Uh, 
was for email. But David, I just want to make sure that you didn't already win because that would be unfair. But I don't think you did because usually I remember these things. Um, well, if you did win already, then you can email me and say, but I already won. I shouldn't win again. And if you haven't won already, well, you won now. Congratulations. All right. So that was five. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, next winner is Don Gilstrap. Congratulations, Don. You know the drill. Five, four, three, two, one. And next one is Matthew Droke. I will say the same thing, Matthew. Congratulations. Five, four, three, two, one. And John Williams. I said that. I, I carried that out. So there were a lot of Johns that are like, am I the John? No. John Williams is the John. <laughs> you're not the John. <laughs> All right, so many winners. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, I'm going to do two more. Two more. And, two more. Wow. And that's it. Five, four, three, two, one. Um, this is a oh, repeat. Anne, Anne, you you are still on my list, but if you are listening, uh, email me because I don't think you did the first time. Um, that's just going to refresh your entry, though, but that doesn't count against us. So, Anne. Email me if you want something. Five, four, three, two, one. And that's Ann Reynolds, by the way. Um, Joe Rackstad. Joe, it's about time you won something. Man, geez, all these people are not winning things. I just need to give everything to everybody. And last entry, three, two, one. Um, oh, that was Matthew again. Matthew, you can't win twice. Three, two, one. Uh, Eric Huffman also, nope, Eric already won, so he can't win. I didn't mark him down. All uh, right. <laughs> it's getting hard to pick a the winner now. on this Five, spreadsheet, four, three, Chris. Two, Come one. on, housekeeping. Well, there we go. If, if I did, then Jason Marks wouldn't have just won. So, Jason Marks. Jason Marks. Congratulations. You are our 10th winner in December. Wait, it's December is the 12th month, and 10 makes no difference. It makes no sense whatsoever, right? So it should be like the 12 days of Christmas or the 12th month of December. Um, but, and it should be, and it's going to be, but those winners are going to come from our live audience <laughs> after the show ends. Uh, so we will pick two people from the live audience that have not won, will win something as well. That is the conclusion of our 2021 excessive game giveaway. And now, <laughs> oh, how I hate packing up and shipping out games. I am not doing this for 2022. You, you do it to but you I know. love having empty space on your shelves. Uh, no, actually, I don't mind. I, the empty space is fine. I love giving away games that, so people can actually play these games that I don't get to play. That is really why I like doing this. I will say this year I've bought a lot less games. Next year I'm going to have a lot fewer games to give away. So it's going to be quality over quantity, probably. Um but yeah, and if you were a winner, and if you entered the 2021 contest, there, we had a lot of winners, a lot of winners, so a lot of winners. I don't even know how to calculate. No, I do know how to calculate this. I can do this. We've had 39 winners, according to my very quick and dirty highlight, and tell me how many people count up um, Google Sheet. So 39 winners in 12 months. Not too bad. I thought we were, that's not bad. Average of three winners a month. No, I just did, did 10 people now, but still, I think that's good. <sighs> that was fun anything else before we end this show I no think, i think we covered it nope all right um <laughs> next week i'm just because we know the topic and we don't always know the topic but we know the topic uh actually we don't know the topic i would i'm lying if i say we know the topic we know the title of the show the title of next week's show is going to be simply called reindeer game so whatever that is <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the title I of the show. I forgot we did that. <laughs> <laughs> so come back. We're dumb. And, and, we'll, and, and we're going to figure out what the topic is while we record. So that's just how that's going to work. All right, Kitty, all you. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live? You can find a link for that in the show notes too. Comments or questions? Email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by your patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. And there's a link in the show notes too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayesh, John Williams, David Rank, Sir Selly, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Joe Punman, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Christopher Letgo, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, David Radke, Brian Arnold, David Wagoner, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan C., Darren McClellan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Slander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, John, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, and Sean P. Kelly. And thanks to everyone who's ever been a patron. And also, for saying your name wrong now, it's because I haven't... Um fix the phonetics of the names yet but i will and until next week keep playing games and having fun all right so kitty we're a little over an hour (laughs) in but we need to talk about delta green and before i have any opinion on it i think we need to talk about why Fletcher didn't show up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's because he didn't show up to our first meeting. (laughs) So maybe can we blame this all on Carmen? We can blame it on Carmen. (laughs) Carmen was feeling bad when we did the planning. And so Fletcher wasn't around when we said, hey, we're going to do this in person. Now, Fletcher did play with us. Basically, what ended up happening is I went to Kitty and Spencer's and it was me, Kitty and Spencer at one end of the table and Fletcher's big face and a laptop on the other end of the table. So Fletcher, I'm actually curious, how did that work out? Like it, it felt it worked relatively out natural really well. to me. <laughs> yeah. It worked out fine. Yeah, you were able to talk over him over Zoom just as easily as in person. <laughs> I will say I was gentle toss- razzing. <laughs> I was I was tossing the ball to your character quite frequently in in character as much as I possibly could. So let's talk about it. I did have to stop you at one point to be like, and Fletcher found something. (laughs) (laughs) Chris tried his very best to wildly derail our operation. I, for the, that is not true at all. I just had alternative (laughs) methods. So, Kitty, do you want to set the scene? A bad method. Um, So I planned a whole um, little scenario operation, if you will, of Delta Green. And then I went on Reddit and I was looking um, at some advice on running 
this scenario and i'm gonna pause like, you for oh don't just a second <laughs> don't In, do that one <laughs> yeah i'm gonna pause you just a second if you don't know what delta green is and you're still listening for some reason so i'm talking to the three of you right now um delta green <laughs> is a cthulhu-esque horror game set in modern times where you are special agents of the government got that go out and try to fight sort a, of. these dark <laughs> elements away so it's it's a cthulhu mythos secret agent modern role-playing game it's it kind of like a men bit in like black X-Files. meets the x-files yeah yeah meets like american horror story i don't know it's yeah. darker than it, those it, things <laughs> yeah but um so i was gonna run one scenario and then i went on the internet and the internet's like don't don't do that first so um, and since Fletcher wasn't in person and we hadn't made characters, we sat down, we made some characters, and we played the intro um, scenario that comes with the uh, getting to, I, I don't remember what the, the, the Keeper's book is Handbook, called, but it comes with, the it's not the Keeper's guide Handbook. Or yeah. No, it's, it's like the basic one. I think you can get it for free. Um, okay. It's like the Starter's Guide. It's like a basic rule starter's guide. And this scenario comes in that. It's called Last Things Last. Um, and yeah, I just ran that one. It was pretty quick. Um, but I, I think we had fun. Yeah. So you we guys created critiques. <laughs> yeah. So we created three characters. Uh, Spencer was the FBI agent. Fletcher mm-hmm. was the doctor. And I was the criminal. And you were crazy. I decided that Fletcher... <laughs> I was a little bit crazy. I was the one that had all the cultist knowledge and stuff because I was a criminal. A little bit? Dealt in, <laughs> in <laughs> cultist artifacts. And I had decided that Fletcher's character was a doctor and his job was to clean things up. So that's I just handed all of the mops and buckets to to the doctor and he got very upset about it. And Fletcher constantly, the entire game, was carrying around a syringe with some kind of mysterious liquid in it. And I, he I kept not. telling me he wasn't doing it. Yeah, see, he's still doing it. <laughs> and he was gaslighting me the entire time saying, no, I don't have this. And I was really... Chris yeah. has decided to handicap his character by giving himself a disorder already <laughs> that is not a a mechanical disorder that the game can hand you. It is just his own flavor he's given his character, which, you know, hey... It definitely made the game interesting. I've I've uh, never had more started fun. Started pouring gas <laughs> in circles all over. Okay, yeah. so so I've never had more fun playing <laughs> any character ever. I'm not a very Possible good player. Spoilers? I've mentioned this before. No, no spoiler. Well, yes, if okay. you played this starter adventure minor, that literally has very two scenes, minor spoilers, spoilers possible. <laughs> but my character just decided it's like, hey. We're in a place, and I've seen a lot of messed up stuff. So I'm just there's five, you know, fifteen or twenty gallons of gas in this shed around this in this cabin in the middle of the woods. I'm gonna take a few gallons, just pour a big old circle of gas around the cabin. Why? Why not? Like, what's the worst that happens? I don't light it on fire. And then there was this septic tank, and I was gonna pour it down there too. And then I was told, "No, you're not allowed to do that." It's like, okay, well, I'll just pour it around the septic tank as well. I was pouring a lot of gas. There was a lot of not what happened. (laughs) Similar to what happened. (laughs) While you were going outside playing pyromaniac, we found a very important clue, (laughs) and Spencer ran out. Hey, I never lit anything on fire. Pouring gas and lighting it on fire is the difference between cautious and pyromaniac. I was simply cautious. <laughs> yeah, 
You're just like, I'm just going to open up this uh, this subject tank here. I'm going to separate myself from the group, you know, like every good horror story. Let's split it up so we can cover more ground. That's true. The I'm other- so excited when you guys split up. I really hoped you opened that septic tank. <laughs> the other agents were inside reading. That was boring. So, you know, I went outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, though, it was a very, very fun adventure. Um, if I had played that at a convention... And Kitty sat down and didn't say, this is my first time I've ever GM'd. I would have no idea that was the first time you ever GM'd. And yeah. I You all agreed to play again. And we've got a date on the calendars. So, you know, that tells me what I need to know. I must not have sucked too bad. (laughs) And Fletcher (laughs) said. I don't belong in January. Yeah. Fletcher said he'll show up to the next one. So we'll see. Yeah. In person. Yeah. Now that I. And then maybe he'll decide that in real life it's too much. He doesn't want to do it again. (laughs) I'll have to leave it on a cliffhanger to get yeah. everyone back. <laughs> I think the general consensus was we liked Delta Green better than Call of Cthulhu because when we played Call of Cthulhu, we set it in the 20s. And setting something in a period where a real period, as opposed to just like a fantasy timeline, means mm-hmm. that you spend a lot of time saying, well, how did this work in the 20s? Where with Delta Green, it was all modern. You know, so we had smartphones yeah. and even though we were in the cabin in the middle of the woods, smartphones didn't have signal, but we had them and we understood <laughs> how locks worked and, you know, how cars worked and all these types of things. And it allowed you to kind of get more into the game than have to worry about the setting. So yeah. I like that, that part takes a lot. It takes one level away from having to take yourself out of reality. So, but yeah, it was a lot of fun and we will talk about it more in a month or so when we yeah, start next month we've got another day yeah this one should take longer than an hour and a half so <laughs> we'll see how much longer i don't know i feel like the scenario the characters you guys have created and the way you solve or don't solve problems it could take you anywhere from like two hours to like 20 hours to go through this next operation man as long as i, I have- don't know as long as I have I'm gas excited. cans, I feel comfortable <laughs> that we can handle this. We can take out anything right. with gas cans and a flare. <sighs> On that Unfortunately, note. Unfortunately, <laughs> in Delta Green, that is more accurate than not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gas cans and flares. Uh, later, everyone.